All right, Irreplaceable Man podcast, here we go. Another Monday recording. Meredith and I, what do I usually say? Uh, I'm here next to my lovely, lovely wife. wife. I think I'm incredibly come up supportive. With a intro. Let's put it that way. My incredibly supportive, not sure how you put up with me, wife. No. So it's listen, if I if I didn't want to support you, I wouldn't be sitting here. This is true. You have a lot of power. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh guys, remember every Monday we are live inside the community. If you haven't joined the community yet, the irreplaceable man community. Get on there right now. Join the community so that you can catch us live. Ask your questions. We'll do Q&A before. We'll do Q&A afterward. Uh, and all week long, too, I'm fielding questions from a ton of guys that are, are watching the replay inside the group and then asking questions based on what we talked about. Then the coolest part is what we talk about today on Monday, we also will start to deep dive in our free Becoming an Irreplaceable Husband live trainings on Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. One more promo. If you haven't yet downloaded our 12-step guide to becoming an Irreplaceable Husband, do that now. It's really awesome. It's free. And it's all the steps that I took to get to a place that we wanted to be. It's not perfect. It's not like we're works in progress too. And it's just somewhere where I started. And there's so many of you that are going, I know it could be possible. I know I can do this. I just don't know where to start. That's where you start. 12 step guides where you start. Then you can download or grab our free irreplaceable man assessment, our six trust types, which we're going over here. And you got this cool mix that just keeps, keeps violating all week long. Cool. All right, let's get rocking. Today, we're going to talk about competence trust and communication trust restoring it rebuilding it how it got lost what's going on something got in my eye oh. and i was watching myself on the camera and i was like got stunned when the okay go ahead sorry right. sorry so so if you're seeing this recording i uh had a moment we're gonna isolate that don't worry so we're gonna talk about competency trust and communication trust today the biggest piece in the illumination phase is, one, did you even know there was competency trust? Did you even know that there was communication trust? I'm sure, you probably knew about communication. Did you know about competency? And let's start thinking of the ways that it got broken and how that influenced the results that you currently have in your relationship or even with yourself. Because there's things that we tell ourselves we're going to do, and then we don't trust ourselves that we can actually do them. We have visions. I mean, I'm guilty of it all the time where I have these visions of what's possible. And then I break my own competency trust when I see this vision and go after it and then I don't hit it. It, it, it affects me for sure. It affects me. And that's quite common in the entrepreneurial world as well, where you have these big visions of what's possible. And then you, or even for your marriage, your business, yourself, your health, whatever it might be. And then you don't hit it and you beat yourself up and you break the trust in yourself when really all it was was just a lack of skills or habits or something within where you are and where you want to be. Mm -hmm. You know what's really interesting too? It's really interesting. Tell me. Like, why am I up so high here? I don't know. Well, um, you know what? I lower, I think all the right. other day I lowered one of these chairs or the one I'm in. I don't know. 
Hi, guys. Hey, Rich. That's cool, man. Appreciate you being here, dude. Appreciate all your support. Um, that our kids get to watch this. Oh, yeah. That our, I mean, how, get to watch it. how many parents get to show their kids their relationships evolution? Think about that. Um, well, also, I don't think we approach marriage as um, a learning opportunity for our kids or for the people, you know, like we're, we are actively modeling for our children and for people around us. Go on. And I certainly never thought that that was a, a, like a, a part of marriage. You know what I mean? What was it? That we're modeling. Yeah. What did you think it was? Like the it was, I know you never had the kids are meant to be seen, not heard kind of bullshit. Yeah. What did you think it kids was? Are, kids oh. are, what, what was it? What is it? Yeah, they're, yeah, something like something that. Dumb, something dumb. Elaborate. That's cool. No, I'm just saying, like, I never thought about that aspect of marriage, that, like, how we interact and how we do things and show up for each other and whatever, that is, that's imprinted in our kids' mind in their psyche in their subconscious you know to like so they'll seek out relationships based on what they saw growing up yeah instead of to compensate like a lot of people seek relationships to compensate what they didn't have oh yeah no but i mean that's also another part of it but like you end up kind of like you know if your parents had a had a good relationship and modeled good things for you you are you have that basis right that foundation so you are gonna know more quickly in a relationship or in a scenario that it's not good and not yeah for you you're more powerful going in and you have more confidence and courage to move away from it if it's not serving you right versus staying something that's super toxic right it's also really cool because the way that we communicate, um, which is appropriate for this episode, the way that we communicate, like this weekend, our daughter was able to communicate with me on some breakdowns that we were having because she got that from us. Mm-hmm. She didn't get not having the breakdowns because we have the breakdowns. Yeah. She got, okay, stop, pause, pivot. Here's how I talk about what I'm experiencing. Like, I'll give you an example. She, Saturday, you were going to something. And I said, let's go to the beach. Let's chill. I had a really amazing week last week and I was just wiped out. And I really wanted to spend time with the kids and I wanted to go to the beach and they love the beach. So let's go to the beach. And it was like an hour getting ready because you got three ADD, I don't know about pricey, like you got two ADD people and me and our daughter just getting distracted like crazy. Beach, 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 beach. Okay. We get in the car, 30 minutes down our four mile road to get to the highway. And all of a sudden she says, I want to go to the pool. And I'm like, no, 
And then she says, dad, you don't. It's like, oh my God, I'm having flashbacks <laughs> to you. Oh my God. Sidebar. I have to tell this funny Go story ahead. because it's hilarious. Before we had kids, we were newly-ish married. <laughs> couple years maybe (laughs) we one night we were like let's go out to dinner and in the early part of our marriage we did not go out very often we ate at home we're broke well yes and so we were going out we had decided last minute we were going to go out to dinner and so we lived in a condo at this point so I walk out we walk out of the condo together we get to the door to go to the garage and you were like, oh, hang on a second. I forgot something. <laughs> and you walk back in and I'm waiting for you because you have the keys because the door is locked. Yep. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm, and I don't go out to the garage because I won't be able to get back in and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I walk down the hall to the condo and the door is open and you're sitting on the sofa watching TV. I got distracted. You legitimately got distracted really did i don't know why that that story because it was so that story i love that story but it was like i should have i was like annoyed but also like what just happened like how what was the thought process i i couldn't tell you well i could i just couldn't tell you what i was like watching no i don't want to know what you were watching well that was important though no it was important it's important to know yeah because it got my attention and it captured me for a second uh, so the changing of her mind from the pool from the beach to the pool yeah. um that sounds exactly like you what was interesting is i was like no we're not doing that we made a commitment to go to the beach which is kind of selfish on my part because i i wanted to go to the beach and just chill and then she got upset and in her communication she said you're not valuing my opinion which she probably gets from us. Mm -hmm. Right. And I realized, okay, this is a pretty pivotal moment to have a lesson learned, just not like punch this lesson through. So I call Mary. I'm like, Hey, I'm heading home. The, the, like this is, there's so much like non gratitude here. And we've been practicing gratitude with her and I head home. So I get back to the driveway and her and I are talking the whole time. We get to the driveway and she's like, okay, dad, I would like to understand a better way that I could have handled this and that you could have handled this. So now we're talking about that with Mm -hmm. a seven-year-old, by the way. And I was, that's why we went back out. And I was really impressed by that. And then she said, you know, is there a way that we could both get what we want? And I said, yeah, that's called a win-win situation. And we talked about it and it was all in the language, in the communication. It wasn't that she was ungrateful, it's that she was coming across ungrateful or it was registering to me as ungrateful. Mm -hmm. And that's something big that we've been teaching her. So I really wanted to make sure that I was driving the point home, not to make her wrong, just to make her see or to help her see. And then- Once we started talking about it, she's like, okay, so I could have said, dad, I'm, I'm still really interested in going to the beach. And I'd also like to go to the pool. Do you think that we could go to a closer beach instead of driving all the way up to Malibu or all the way down to Manhattan beach? Do you think we can go to a closer beach, spend like an hour or two and then come home? And when we organized that, it was just like clearance. So now this seven-year-old little girl 
is learning how to negotiate mm -hmm. and she's learning how to compromise mm -hmm. and create win-win situations to get what she wants and help someone else get what they want too. And I thought that was just so nice. Then yesterday we went on a sunrise walk together, just her and I. And on our walk, we talked about, cool, what did we learn this weekend? And she says, I'm going to learn to create a situation where I want something and I help other people get what they want and I get what I want too. And that was just like huge. Mm -hmm. She also, she learned that from us, mm -hmm. you know, because we're demonstrating in front of her how to communicate. Again, not perfect, not even close, <clears throat> not even close. And it's going well to where our kids are picking up on it. Well, but here's also the thing too, is it, it like having something be perfect all the time then creates an unrealistic expectation for yeah. that, like the modeling that we're doing, because then they assume like, oh, well, if I say, if I try to compromise and everybody's going to, everybody will also be willing to compromise, but that's not, that's, fair. that's not how life works. Like, so you have to have, they have to understand that there can be a breakdown in communication. We can, like, it can take us a while to get to, yeah, you know, and it's all in how you handle that. It, you know, versus the, like, the yelling and screaming and all of that. It's it's continuing to talk. And they can, they need to understand that sometimes you have to walk away from a conversation or sometimes conversations get tense and some people might get upset and then you, you but it's all in how you work through it and handle it. It's not just the perfect, like, oh, we had a conversation right. and okay, you, okay, oh, you want to do this? Okay. But I want to, oh, okay. You know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't, because then there's also that unrealistic expectation for them that they're going to go out into the world or even on the playground with their friends or at preschool, you know, he is three. Like he, we don't, he can't assume that he's going to go to a friend and be like, I, I would like to have this car when you're done with it. Right. And the friend says no, and then throws it at him. And he's like, well, you were supposed to say, okay, right. cool. when I'm finished, right. I will let you know. And then you can have, so they, there's some conflict management in there. Yeah. And there's also, it also has to do with the level of shit that's coming up from our past. Yeah. You know, we were having some discussions about, um, resentment and regret from our past decisions, guilt and shame from our past decisions. And the answer is the faster you can move out of the shit that's coming in from the past, the faster you can realize it was in the past and it's not in the present and it's your job to keep it out of the present, even though automatically our nervous systems kind of just let it in. Mm -hmm. Our brain wiring just lets it in. Like the faster you can have a clearance conversation. Or yeah. like a clear, a clearer and clearance conversation, clearance of the shit that, that's in the way and a clear conversation of what you want. I just really like that. It's a cool example of how, you know, because I was being a little baby too about it. I wanted to go to the beach. I wanted to just get my son. I want to get my tan on. I want to get some sun on my skin and, and, and smell the ocean and just sit. I love putting my hands in the sand and just feeling that and. And I love watching my kids play at the beach. So I was being selfish. And initially, my responsibility to communicate with her should have been, okay, I hear you. And how can we compromise? Mm -hmm. How can we both win in this situation? Let's work that out. 
and it got it, tension got high because she's like me and mm-hmm. she battles me because she's got a very strong personality and it was a weaker internal uh resolve type of day for me i was super tired from a very busy week it's no excuse my guard was down and she hit me hard with this and started whining and crying and kicking the seat and i was like i'm not playing this game you know and i went right into that mode of well and she's having her emotions are showing up as a seven-year-old should yeah of course yeah she didn't do anything wrong at all Uh, i just yeah so anyway point 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 communication the 20 minute point that we've been making <laughs> is well, I took on us on a tangent. <laughs> no, it's great. Of the example. It's great because what we're learning here, what we're learning in our free Thursday trainings, 5 p.m. Pacific, what we're learning in the 12 step guide is what we can do for our relationship here. Yet also, what we're learning is the trickle down effect or the um what do you call it like the shotgun effect or the reverberation or the percolation or whatever you want to call it the the next ring of effects is that your kids are watching you mm-hmm. and they're learning from the way that you operate in your communication in your emotional registration in your responses in your whatever it might be so i think it's really appropriate to talk mm-hmm. about so Let's uh let's dive in here. Guys, remember to post up your questions so we can answer them. We'll answer them live. It's totally cool. Got a bunch of guys watching live in the group, but I have one of those. This come. That one. No, a bigger one. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So um, first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna go over the the whole concept of today is talking about restoring confidence and communication trust. And so let's review confidence. Trust is your ability to actually do the job, Mm -hmm. your ability to do the work and someone else's or your own trust that you can do it, that you're competent enough to do it. Whereas reliability trust is like, can someone count on you to do it? Not, can you actually do the work? So like, can someone, can you fix the car? Sure. Can someone count on you to actually start fixing the car and get it fixed? Competency, right? If you can't fix the car and you're not that competent, yet someone can rely on you to do whatever it takes, cool. Maybe competency trust is still there because you're competent enough to do whatever it takes to get it done, even though you didn't have the You're competent skill. enough to know that you cannot fix the car, so right. you take it to a mechanic. Right. So let's go over the five ways to rebuild confidence trust by improving your decision-making and follow-through skills. Because that's all we're talking about here, guys. And for those of you that are watching on our live group feed or you're watching on YouTube, the difference between where you are and where you want to be, the difference between the results you have now and the results that you want can come down to your set of skills and your willingness to do certain things that you might not have done or that might be uncomfortable. It literally could come down to that. Like the marriage that you want may be just a set of skills away. 
and a set of willingness away. And as you practice, you'll develop habits, right? And for those of you that understand our life formula and the eight components in there, there's one of them that's like mindset or behavior. I still think it could be as simple as a set of skills that you might not know you didn't know about. Now you get them here and you can start making small course corrections, which start to build habits, bring in more evidence, continue to rise your skills. It changes your attitude. It changes your behavior, like, and the whole thing rises. So the difference between where you are and where you want to be is as simple as a new set of skills or acquiring additional skills that you already didn't have, right? And that starts with elimination. So I just want to make sure you know it's that simple. So the first thing that we're going to talk about here, and by the way, a lot of these repeat because this thing's actually very simple. Yeah. We as humans, we get in our own way with our traumas and our conditions from the past and our programming from mom and dad and school and society and the bully we had or the this we had or the that we didn't get or this, whatever. It's us that gets in the way. Most of these things are very easy. And you just have to take what we give you here and you have to adapt that or adopt that and then adapt it for your life. Some of these will work for you. Some of these won't. It's your call. You got to build the plan from here. And if you need help with that, book a strategy call with me. I'll drop the link in uh, the description below. Book a strategy call with me. It's free. We'll jump on a call and we'll get you some course correction instantly. And it's all about you. Literally, that call is all about you. All right. So first one, setting realistic goals. What does that mean? Some people might right. have a problem with realistic. Let's let's keep that word in here. Obviously, Pretty a lot of us have. Well, I, we have a big vision. And sometimes realistic means we need to step this thing up, right? Yeah. As our skills increase, yeah. that's realistic. Our goal might be realistic, yet we need to break things down into realistic steps based on who we are and the skills and habits that we have at that time. Well, it's kind of also that like all or nothing kind of thing Yeah, that's too, you know what I mean? Like I think last week and probably the week before and probably the week before that, we talked about like the micro moments. Yep. Which those... Like that's this the the stepping stone, right? Like the the larger end goal might be realistic, yeah. or probably it it is probably. realistic, and there are other things that need to happen to get there. It's not this like, well, all of a sudden I'm gonna go from having from nothing to to everything, yeah, Fair and point. that's you know what I mean. So yeah. like I think in in like restoring the competency and and tr communication trust it's those those micro moments to get to that very realistic and probable goal but you can't just be like okay starting monday at 8 a.m yeah. i'm gonna be perfect <laughs> and then you fail two hours later and you just give up like that's not realistic yeah and i think in our society we have this hustle culture that promotes like big, bigger, 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 bigger constantly. And, and small goals, small achievements aren't really celebrated as well, especially in your marriage. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of guys out there that are promoting small wins in their marriage that are getting them advancement up the stairs. 
I was having a conversation with one of our members this weekend, and I want you to, you guys to keep this in mind. I want you to write this down. There's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's serving or non-serving. So you've set the goal. You've set the vision. You understand what you want, where you're going. And when you get into the mindset of serving or non-serving decisions, you get to say, this is small. I know this is small. I know this seems small. And I know this serves my marriage. I know this serves me. I know this serves my kids. This will serve the greater good. This works. Instead of being emotionally driven and emotionally led, and we're going to talk about that on the next one, and then doing what you think is right and doing what I think she wants and doing what I think I want and doing what I think is the right for the house and the kids. And then all of a sudden it backfires on you and you're like, fuck man, now I'm two steps, three steps back. Like I thought that was the right thing to do. And the answer is it was too big, too fast. The foundation's not set up for that. And it didn't serve the moment or the goals. So start over, try again. That's, mm -hmm. that's it. Here's the next one. The next one is to make informed decisions, which means doing research, seeking advice, weighing out pros and cons, understanding does this serve, does this not serve, stopping yourself in that moment, right? I talked about it on a video today. Self-love is up to us. So is making an informed decision and doing the research to understand if it serves or doesn't serve. Okay. So can you give an example of what somebody would do to make an informed decision? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of, give me a context. Like in this case for marriage? Yeah. Okay. So okay. a lot of the guys will want to make a move. And when they get into our world, they have like in our coaching programs, they have text capability with me. So in this case where they would normally jump, they're texting me and saying, hey, man, I want to run something by you, right? Then they're weighing my decision. Then I'm helping them with the pros and the cons. Then they're going back and they're weighing the decision. And maybe they seek something from the internet or they watch a YouTube video or they, they get, in, get on Instagram. They lay the whole thing out and they go, yep, it's very clear that this serves. Now, if it backfires, that could be coincidental. As long as you're clear in the present moment, and you're making decisions based on what serves or doesn't serve the relationship. Yes. Yes. I mean, there's all kinds of different examples. It's just take that you're doing research, you're seeking advice from experts, or at least people that are farther along, right? I don't know if we consider ourselves experts. I mean, are you, but are you also talking to your partner in that informed decision making process? Uh, it depends on what it's for. So, like, what would it, not, why would you not? Like if somebody wants to do something for their partner. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, but I, I mean like, okay, so, okay, well you go first. Oh, you go. You have a good, you have a, you have a point brewing. <laughs> no, I just, I just wonder like how, like gift giving this is just, you know, do you say to your partner, what do you want? What's going to make you feel seen, heard and understood and, and recognized or do you go out? How oh, do you, how do you get th that's I your just, informed decision has to weigh in from your partner. Yeah, that's what okay. That's yeah, yeah, what I'm, for that's sure. What I'm in that yeah in that scenario, you you have to weigh in the in information from your partner on that one, and so then you what, can go out to experts. What would but what would be a time where you wouldn't talk to your partner while making trying to make an inform intending to make an informed you know, decision? That's a good point. Maybe there isn't one. Maybe that's the reason why the results have happened the way they've happened. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because they're not 
Well, because I know, like, I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Good. No, give me your example. So when guys are in a really tough position, the marriage is struggling or it's kind of good, but it's not amazing and it needs to be, or, and it's not amazing or divorce is on the table or there's constant battle and pressure. Like the last thing they're going to do is come to their partner and say, Hey, can I run something by you based on what you need? Yes, that would be helpful. And no, the partner is not willing to cooperate as well as you think. Okay. Because so, so maybe if, if you're trying to make a change and your partner's kind of like digging heels yeah. in because of. So yeah, it's important. And it's a great idea to go to your partner when you're making those type of decisions. Yes. And if you're in a situation where communication really isn't open, your partner's giving you like one word answers and kind of standoffers, the connection's just not there. You're not used to communicating. They're not used to this, this you that's kind of playing here. Mm -hmm. It might not be serving to go to your partner. It might be serving like some of the guys did this weekend to come to somebody like me or somebody that you trust who's been down this road and is an expert in some capacity and has systems and structure and process behind it that's proven. It might be helpful for you to go, hey, I'm going to weigh this idea by Ian and two other guys that I know in this space. And then I'm going to make the final decision if it's serving, and then I'm going to go for it. And then I'm going to run that formula and I'm going to look at the result. Mm -hmm. And then maybe next time, because maybe, maybe your wife is looking at and going, Hmm, I do like how he showed up. Maybe reliability, reliability and competency trust has been foundationalized at that point, which I don't think is a word. And the next time you can say, Hey, I, uh, I know that last week was really good for us. Would you mind if I ask you something before I make a decision? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's how you start it. Yeah. Okay. And that kind of goes into our next one, which is develop a plan of action, right? That's our third one. Develop a plan of action. Like outline the steps that you're going to take and set a deadline for each. A deadline, right? Write this down, guys. All work expands to fill the time allowed. That means if you give yourself 30 days to clean your house, it'll take you 30 days. If you give yourself three hours and you have a big enough consequence and something at stake, you will get that shit done in three hours. You know, especially if somebody was like, hey, we're going to we're going to push your car off a cliff if you don't clean your house in three hours and you really like your car or insert whatever it means something mm -hmm. to you, like your family, your car or whatever. You get that shit done just like you can get this done. You just have to set a time frame to work with it. It can't be week, week and week and week. And maybe I'll do it next week. And maybe I'll do it here. I'm setting realistic goals. I'm going to make informed decisions. I'm going to set a very clear plan of action with my action steps and my time frame, so that I understand clearly, evidentially that I'm making progress every day towards this goal that I have, right? That's it. Mm -hmm. Anything to say on that one, darling? No. You sure? Yeah. You look like you got something. No, I don't. Yeah, I would no, honestly, I I I had a moment an idea popped into my head. I'm gonna it? I'm gonna have you do something for me. Oh. Okay. No problem. I'm all in. Because <laughs> you can make it happen. I'm all in. Okay. It's not it's very small. Okay. So the fourth one is taking consistent action, right? Prioritizing your tasks, taking your plan of action writing it out, mapping it out. You understand the time frame that you're working within. And then you are taking consistent action. You're not hitting a wall, bouncing back, sitting down, thinking about it, sulking, beating yourself up. 
you get hit, you step back, you slow down for a second, you recalibrate and you go for it again, right? Because the formula didn't work. It didn't, something in it didn't serve the result you wanted. So you step back, recalibrate the formula, eliminate the pieces that don't work anymore or are missing and go calibrate again, right? That's the, that's that purpose-driven formula. Illuminate, eliminate, calibrate. It's a formula. You keep running. You realize what worked. You realize what didn't work. You eliminate what didn't work. And then you calibrate in again and you keep going, right? So you take consistent action. There is no stop. There's a slowdown for recalibration and then back into action. And you're following a plan and you're following a time frame, and you're super clear about the decisions you're making because the goals you have are realistic for this week or this day or this month or whatever it's going to be. So the last one's going to be celebrating success, right? Which means you celebrate success. What? Hmm? Who? You celebrate success no matter how small. Just it's like going back to those micro moments. Right. And we have talked about that in many different arenas. Tough. Sometimes it's tough. A lot of times it's tough. You mm-hmm. celebrate the small stuff. Like- Especially when you're. I think it's hard in a marriage too when you're trying to um, rebuild, I guess is the right word, Um, or restore. Um, Or reignite. Reignite. Because you want, you like, you want that big goal to hit. Yeah. So badly. But those small moments, those are really where it all matters. I mean, we're programmed as a society to get instant gratification and big, 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 big. Yeah. Nobody celebrates the lottery winner that won 160 bucks. Or the $5 winner who like you can go get their coffee now. Yeah. Like that should, that's like. Think about the chain of events. You know what? What if you made a huge deal about the small things? Like how much joy. Like I was just thinking, like if I. I've never bought a lottery ticket, but if I went and bought one and I got five bucks, I would be so excited to go and buy a coffee after that. Yeah. With that $5, whether or not I had planned to go buy a coffee that day or, you know what I mean? Like, I like to be curious when I train salespeople, the first thing we train on is always be curious. And unfortunately you can't train curiosity. You can train the skills around curiosity. Curiosity is a natural occurrence that you just have to have. You got to channel it. And when we do that, and when we wonder, like in this little small step, what's what's possible here? Like, what can I create from this? What's created? And I think about that and I go, you know, what if you won 20 bucks in the lottery mm-hmm. and you got the 20 and you were heading to Starbucks and the drink was... What is it? It's like $19. You're probably looking at like seven. It's bucks. seven bucks, right? So let's say there's $13 left over and you took all $13 and you put that in the tip jar. And that person at the counter, follow me here. Mm-hmm. The person at the count, not you, the audience, you're following me. <laughs> the person at the counter was having an absolute shit day, feeling like they didn't matter feeling worthless, feeling inv- like not valuable. And and your lottery win, small win, small comparative, right? Relative. And then that 
and they looked at you and like you, they handed you the $13 back and you were like, hey, you keep it. And they put it in the jar. What if in that moment, their whole life turned around? I'm not talking like they became successful, made $10 million. Like I'm talking in their inner world in that moment, they had a renewed confidence in themselves and their value and their ability or that, you know, their, their restoration in humanity or that people are good or whatever. Maybe they had a shit you know, like, like the, the, the asshole client, you know who you're talking about, like the Starbucks customer that goes in and orders some whacked out drink with all kinds of custom shit. And if the cinnamon isn't sprinkled in clockwise fashion, you know, one millimeter separating each grain, like they're bitching about it. And what if that person took all that shit on, right? Think about your wife in this, guys. Think about your your partner in this and how small it would be in that moment when you don't know what that person's been through to just celebrate them in some capacity. Like, what would that do? And I want you to get curious about that with yourself and with your partner. I think about that. An example I give a lot is like holding doors for people. Mm-hmm. Our, we have a custom that's like hold the door for about two seconds. If they're about like three to five steps in back of you, you hold the door. Just pay attention to this next time you do it. Or like an elevator door or, or like a door to a building. Maybe not a bathroom door. That's kind of weird. That's Yeah. Don't, like if you're going in, if you're coming out, maybe it's different. If you're going in, it's a little weird. I'm not talking about a stall door. No, I know. But even then, just like holding the door open to a public restroom. Yeah, for like 30 weird. seconds. Yeah, you're, you're like, come on well, in. <laughs> It's going to be amazing. I'm like, what if, yeah. So <laughs> look, the rest of this is long. what if instead of three seconds, you waited seven seconds or 10, somebody's coming and you just, and they're like, no, go ahead, go ahead. And you're like, no, I got you. And you keep holding the door. Like, what would that mean to them? What does a smile mean to somebody? Right. I know we're, we're, we're pushing on this hard. Or really like important, you're in though. line at the this has nothing to do with it. you're in line at the grocery store and you've got a big cart and someone behind you has two things and you're like you go ahead of me yeah you just never know what it could do for someone mm-hmm. i train a lot of real estate agents too and and when we talk about it i go you just don't you don't know what someone's dealing with in the moment that you call them and so for you to go right into your spiel is not a limiting belief it's selfish in my opinion for you to call someone and ask them about their day and how they're doing, they're more likely to do business with you because that's it. Your partner is more likely to talk to you if you don't make assumptions about what she may or may not have done that day. Or what she's feeling or thinking. Yeah. If you yeah, say, hey, how was your day? Like, even if we, like, we're home together. Often. Often. But like, if you are like, hey, how was your day? Because you don't know what's happening in my head. Yeah. I mean, you could go through some shit today yeah, or yesterday. And so like those little things are meaningful and it might feel weird. Yeah. If you've like been next to someone all day or like even interact, like we interact all day, every day. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it is to have that check-in of like, how was your day? Then you're showing your partner that they're valuable. I mean, I ask the kids every night, how was your day today? Did you enjoy your day? Did you have challenge? Were you stopped and stunted by something? 
What did you really celebrate? What did you, what experience did you love? What moment did you love about your day? And it could have been, I was with them for the 16 hours that we were up. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it, uh, you don't know what's happening. Like you can see the joy that whatever that day, like you can feel your own joy for that day, but we don't know, unless they vocalize it, we don't know what another person. Yeah. Agreed. Even if we were with them and you saw them laughing and having fun, they might have had a moment that was like so meaningful to them, but it wasn't them running around laughing and enjoying, you know what I mean? Yeah, true. Yeah. It's, those are great points. Yeah. Shall we move on? Sure. I'm just, I'm asking because I want to know if you have another. No, I don't have any more okay. points to make. So guys, let's recap those real quick. They're really important. They sound super small or they sound super basic and they're not. The challenge is if your marriage isn't where you want it to be, if your life isn't where you want it to be, it's because you're missing the foundational basics. And that's why we're giving foundational basics here. Set realistic goals, make informed decisions, develop a plan of action, take consistent action and celebrate your successes no matter how small. Okay. Develop a plan of action is deadlines, right? So you set, understand what I need to do and you set deadlines for it. Remember that. And realistic goals are break everything down into manageable steps. So that's it. Now I want to go through before we run out of time here, we have 15 minutes. I want to make sure that we go through the tips for rebuilding communication trust by being honest and transparent with your partner. I want to go through these fast because I also want to give you some techniques for improving communication skills and building deeper understanding of each other's needs and perspectives because the perspective of your partner you don't know because it's their eyes right so just think about perspective is you both could be looking at something at the same time standing next to each other their perspective is different than yours because you might be taller they may be shorter or taller right they may be turned a little bit that's the physical perspective yet you also don't know the traumatic and their past perspective that they're weighing in in that present moment. And that's really fucking crucial for you guys to understand and for all of us to understand when we're talking to our partners, what traumas are being triggered and who's actually showing up right now? Because is it my partner in the present moment or is it my partner who's actually been triggered 20 years ago? Why are you looking at me? Anything? I'm looking at you for something to say. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were making comment on no. You want me to go through these? Or yeah, do you want let's, to comment? No, you go okay. through, well, let's go through them and I'll, I'll, I'll chime in when I have a comment. I'm going to go through these quickly. Okay. So tips for rebuilding communication trust by being honest and transparent with your partner. First, honesty, right? Like even when it's challenging, even when it's difficult, you got to be honest. It means being willing to share your thoughts and your feelings and being truthful about your actions. Mm-hmm. Anything? Nope. Okay. That's next, self-explanatory. Yeah. Next is going to be transparency. It means being open about your intentions and your motivation and sharing that information openly and freely. So how is that different from honesty? Well, that's a good question. I think honesty comes from a place of like actual knowing. Okay. And have, transparency uh, comes from a place of intentionality. Yeah. Okay. Cause I had a thought about like, you can be honest, but when you're sharing things with your partner. Yeah. I think being transparent is also like 
not holding things back. Yeah. Well, honest is like, here's what I discovered. Yeah. And transparent is here was my intention with that. Or here is my intention with this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe they could, you know, maybe they could go together. Interchangeable. Yeah, I think they are. I don't think you have to be honest and transparent, though. And I don't think you have to be transparent to be honest. Right? Okay, I kind of get where you're throwing down. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Active listening. Active listening is the next one, which means full attention, listening, and responding thoughtfully. Okay. No, that is self-explanatory. Clear. (laughs) Next is validation. So it means acknowledging the emotions and showing empathy in your partner. Mm -hmm. You want to start building emotional trust, which I should have put in here in my notes here. This will also build emotional trust at the same time. And it'll build reliability trust because now if you're being consistent in showing up and acknowledging someone's emotions, which I did not do last night, and I apologize. I was wondering if in any of this, we were going to touch on our, we con- should, our and well, th- we can touch on that in conflict resolution. Ugh. Okay. Um, it'll help with rebuilding reliability, trust and emotional trust too. So you're going to get a lot of these in the same one. Talk about that. And then I'll have something. No, to I'm say. done with that one. Okay. Well, no conflict oh. resolution. So the last one, the fifth one is conflict resolution, which is learning how to navigate disagreements in a respectful constructive manner finding ground or commonality or compromise whenever possible okay so i have something for transparency yeah and this is my train of thought for i'm going to use last night as an an example we had our weekly meeting later than we wanted to the kids went to bed later they were playing ian was engaging with them i whatever it was a whole thing so it happened later than we wanted it to i think us being transparent with each other would have been we are both tired Mm -hmm. there's like like we can do this in the morning we don't have to force this conversation just because we said we were going to do it tonight yeah and we usually do it on Sunday evenings, being transparent would have been like, okay, let's table this until the morning because we're both. And that would have, and then we wouldn't have had to uh, resolve any conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, does that, is that a good example for transparency versus honesty? Well, you can say, I, I think, mean, here's I the think thing. you can say, honestly, I'm really tired and transparency wise, you can say, I'm, I'd like to do this in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's not honest. That's just transparent. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that bridges together yeah. or that versus like, because I think both of us were like, maybe wanted to not do it right then, but mm-hmm. we are just trying to push through it yeah. and that did not work. Yeah. So we got stuck on dishes. Yeah. For an hour. Um, and then you have to resolve that ridiculous conflict because no, but could we literally, we were both so just exhausted yesterday because you had been working. You had a long day with the day before with the kids, the day before I'd been working, had a long day there. Then I was with the kids out yesterday and the whole thing. And we, everything just kind of got later and later. And we, we were so dead set on the, having this I meeting know. that 
I know. Instead of. But that's where you come in with conflict resolution. Right. And now we're having the discussion of like, okay, now we know. We can yeah. be transparent to I say. Agree with you. I totally agree with, on, with you on that. And I wanted to say that. And I was like, no, this is our commitment. Let's let's build, keep building the habit. Which, by the way, guys, if you need an outline, if you need a structure to do your weekly planning with your spouse, if you need a structure or like some organization there, just drop a comment that just says plan. And I'll send you the structure for the weekly plan that's broken down into six different categories and it's got subcategories and it just gives you, you know, a place to start again, adapted into your life or sorry, adopted into your life and adapt it to your life. So our, our way might not work for you yet. You might find two or three things on there that do work for you and you can take those. And now you're farther ahead because of the structure that we can provide for you. So if you want that, our weekly planning session, our couples planning drop, plan in the comments below and I'll shoot that out to you. I got to, I got to send it to a bunch of you guys too. Cause I just, I just updated it and made it a little prettier. Okay. The last thing we're going to go over real quick before we wrap is a couple of techniques for improving communication skills and building a deeper understanding of each other's needs and perspectives. Again, perspectives is key here. So first thing we have never gone over this. I don't, I don't think we've gone over this. I'm almost we haven't. We haven't. We haven't. The first one is reflective listening, which means it's not the active listening where you're, you can, you're, you, if a person's feeling heard, it's reflective, which means you're reflecting back, right? So you're actively listening and reflecting back and, and telling your partner a summary of what they just said to ensure that they understood you and you understood them. Mm -hmm. Can I explain that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That you want, yeah, you're basically repeating back what they said yeah. as you heard it to get clarity, to make sure that you are yeah. getting their point. Yes. Thanks okay. for reflecting that question back to me. <laughs> that was it, really. Next one is open-ended questions, right? You're going to ask open-ended questions, which is not a yes or a no question. I think in sales, we try and push for the yes, right? Or the no, so that we can navigate. I like to push for or encourage for like a stop and a question back. And so this one I put in here because I think it's really important to understand like needs and perspectives of your partner, then you can't get a yes or a no back because you might not know what a yes or no is. You don't know the context of that. So it means that your questions can't be answered with a yes or no. That's it. It's as simple as that. How do you feel about that? What do you think we could do differently? Where do you think this could be more effective? Where could I have gone differently here? Those are the questions that you're going to ask. You know, I encourage a lot of guys to go to your wife and say, who, like, how do I show up for you? Be honest. And then who do you need me to be for you in this relationship? And it's a tough question to ask. It's challenging. And that's an open-ended question. There's no yes or no answer. You have to, you have to get explanation, which brings illumination, which also brings clarity to start eliminating things that don't work because your partner just gave you feedback. So second one is open ask, asking open-ended questions. The next one is active interest, which means asking about their day, their interests, and their goals, which helps build connection and understanding of your partner and the perspective that they have on their life. Because just because you're a hard charger 
doesn't mean that your partner is a hard charger. Just because you set goals every fucking hour doesn't mean your partner's setting goals like you are and being as crazy. I'm talking about us. You would not survive with someone who was hard charged, hard, uh, no. charged as hard as you do. No, because it would turn into a competition. Yeah. Just naturally. And that's it. Next one. And that's oh, not sorry. to say that I'm like lazy or unmotivated. No, no. You just, we are <laughs> we just o- we're opposites. Very yeah, we're opposites, which actually works very well. Okay. The fourth one is going to be validation. So validating your partner's feelings, their concerns. I hear you. I feel you. I acknowledge you. You're acknowledging their emotions. You're showing empathy. Yes, you are. I was going to say something, but I realized it had absolutely no, I, it's just a general comment about this structure here and it has nothing to do with anything. So I'm just going to hold my, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. I validate your emotional well, registration. No, I was, cause I, so as we've been going through some of these, I'm like, uh, we already talked about this, but then I realized like, they're going to repeat. You, they have to repeat. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Look, the validation piece, the active interest piece, the open-minded questions piece is going to help the competence and communication. And it's also going to help the the um, uh, emotional trust. Mm-hmm. You know, it might also help the physical trust subsequently because it's opening up a space to where they feel good. This example right here, I think, so needs to be more specific. Okay, so we're talking about communicating needs. That's the fifth one. The fifth one. And so so Ian in Ian's notes, he has some, <clears throat> excuse me, has some examples written down about like ways your partner or you was communicating needs. And he has one that, so it's state, um, like I statements. So I need more quality time. I would appreciate if you could help out around the house more. I would like to suggest that when you're communicating your needs, because this is something I think we've really been diving into, is it's not I would appreciate if you could help more around the house. What is your specific need that you want? I would appreciate if you could take care of X, Y, and Z so that I can do this. Yes. I would appreciate it. Like I need to go for a walk because I need to clear my mind or I need to exercise right now. I would, you know, I would appreciate if if I could do that right now. And you're not asking permission. That's oh, I feel like that's a weird example because you're not at but but communicating very specifically. Yes. What your needs are because I feel like we've gotten into that like loop of can't be too broad. I need I need you to just to help me more. Well, what do you need help with? I, everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So like, but you've got to like those specific needs. I made that change. And like, you know, like I think the example yesterday too is I I wanted to go for a walk. Mm-hmm. I needed to go for a walk yesterday. And when I said, oh, I was going to go for a walk. You were like, oh, well, I was going to do this. And then we had this this kind of moment of like, we're both like, well, we each want to do our own thing. But I think what we, we ended up compromising, but I think I should have come to you and said, I like, 
I need to go for this walk right now because I need to clear my mind or I I'm like, you could even pose it in a question too. I think you could go farther. Like I'm experiencing this. So you're not like, I need this, which then kind of invalidates the other person's yeah. needs. It's like, may I share with you what I'm experiencing? Cool. I'm experiencing a lot of anxiety and like tension right now. And it would be like, would it be cool if I went for a walk and I'll do 20 minutes? Are you okay with that? If I come back in 20 and then you can go do your thing. Like, I think, I think setting up the space for layered permission, not like mommy permission, but like validating the other person's right. desire to do something, need their wants, what they're experiencing inside their body, expressing what you're experiencing too. And then like, I think, yeah. that, I think that would work really well. Mm-hmm. But I think communicating very specific needs is. Yeah, because I can tell you right now, I need more help. Hey, Jake, I need more help around the house does not. I'm guilty of all of that. You just need to show up more. I'm like, tell me where I need to show up more. Because In my mind, I feel like I'm showing up a lot. And then in your mind, I'm not showing up at all. And that's what I think when you say that. So So, it's like. And I think there's also something to be said for like when you get in a moment of. Like I know in our past experience, I would just hold a lot of things in. And then if I was if that moment was coming up, I was like, I need more. I need whatever. Yeah. Those examples were really hard to. um to gather or to be able to be more specific because I was showing up in a pure emotional state yeah. versus which made like, an all or nothing. Yes. Generalized. So, yeah. Versus like being able to reconcile within myself, what I need understanding in that moment and then being able to come to you and say, okay, this is exactly what I need. There's a self advocation thing here that you can't be afraid of your partner, like you have to create this, the, the, um, the space with your partner so that you both can, you don't have to generalize things. Well, let's be fair to you on this one. I was pressurizing the space guys. Yes. Listen up big time. I was already pressurizing the space. So there was no space for you to just think clearly and communicate mm-hmm. openly and vulnerably. I was pressurizing the space. So you in order for you to feel and be heard, it all had to come out in like a bomb. Mm-hmm. And then it did. And then it caused more conflict because I'm like, what do you mean? I always do this or I never do this. How can you say that? You can't prove that that's not evidence-based, right? <laughs> that's not a formula. Um, and then it just caused more conflict. Yeah. So if you think about that, I think maybe a lot of guys listening or a lot of people listening would be like, oh yeah, that's, yeah, she needed that. You should have done that, Meredith. You should have been more responsible. Yet what you're not thinking about is the environment, right? And that's one of the components in our life formula. Like the environment was so charged up Mm -hmm. that there was no space for you to operate there. And that's the part that I'm talking about when I say to guys, it's on you. Go back and think about how you have set this thing up to get the results that you've gotten. Not to say that your wife isn't at fault or doesn't have her faults. It's to say, I'm I'm willing to bet that three quarters, if not more of the percent of the shit that's gone on to create the result is on you. What? Does that make sense? I three quarters of the of the of the parts of your like three quarters of your actions 
have created the result that you have to where you go, oh, well, it's my wife too. And it's not really, because in that instance, you're hearing Meredith say it was on me. Yet I'm taking that on and saying, no, not really, because I didn't even give you the space to be you. So how could you have done that when I charged up the space so negatively that there wasn't any room for you to do that? Yeah. So guys, it's we're we're the masculine driven dominant. We're the leaders. We have to take it all on ourselves. It's on us. So the results that we had for our marriage, although Mare was coming out and blowing up, was still my issue and something that I needed to change. Now, I take that on because when I make a commitment to make that change, if I don't negatively charge the situation and she's still doing her thing like that, then we have isolated the part of the formula that now isn't serving and doesn't work. And she can go to town and work on that because the other components are now solved. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. It's all a formula. Yep. All right. It's 11. You guys learned something today? Or if you had a realization. Yeah. What did you find most valuable? Let's drop that in the comments below. What did you find most valuable out of the call? If you lasted this long, if you're inside the group, if you lasted this long, drop what you found most valuable today. What was your aha? What did you learn? What did what really came to you? What really registered with you? If you're listening on the podcast, join the group if you haven't. One, two, if you are a member of the group, jump in there. And write a comment on this one. What did you learn? What was the aha? What was your takeaway? What was the biggest piece of value that you got from this from this session today? And that's it. And if you, you know, if you are looking for some additional help, book a strategy call with me. I'll drop the link in below here. Make sure you download our 12-step guide to becoming an irreplaceable husband. It's free. It's where I started. It's my structure, my action plan. Um, make sure that you are coming to these on the regular every Monday and guys take advantage of the free trainings that we have on Thursday, free irreplaceable husband trainings, becoming an irreplaceable husband where we really dig deep into these exact concepts that Mary and I talk about on Monday. We're going to talk about those on Thursday and you guys are going to get to ask questions. You have real world examples. We can work through them and it's a cool camaraderie. It's like, I think last week it was like eight or nine guys on. It was awesome. We were talking, we were hanging out and everybody feels supported. That's the coolest part. I didn't have that when I was going through the shit. I just took all this on on my own. I had coaches and stuff. I just didn't have a group where I, that I trusted that I could just share openly. That's this group for you. So if you need something, reach out. We got you. Strategy calls are free. There's no bullshit. I'm not selling you anything. I'm not pitching on anything. It's The call is all about you. So if that changes your mind and helps you Take action to say, man, I do need something. We're going to design a strategy for you to, to course correct and to take action and realize that part of your formula or parts of your formula that aren't working, that places that are missing, ways that you're showing up, and the goals that you have. And we'll start to match up the formula to get those goals accomplished. And that's it. Appreciate you listening. And any final words from you, darling? Next time you got to no, I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with like a slogan, a tagline to end our. <laughs> oh, you want? Oh, you want me to actually? Yeah. Oh, okay. I I don't know. God, it's been put on the spot. Uh, oh, you don't have to come up for... with your tagline now. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, just just oh. give your. Thanks outro. for joining us today. It's really high pitched.
Um, no, I, these, these conversations are great. Yeah. Cause I feel like we work through more or other things, yeah, new cool things. Yeah. Um, so thanks for joining us. I actually, in the comments, I would like to hear like any ahas you guys had. Yeah. That's that would, I would be interested in hearing some of that. Or if you've shared something with your partner. Yep. What came of that? That's great. I love it. Cause I, I don't get the, the feedback, feedback that yeah. you get, or I don't see the things or whatever. Maybe you should be more present in the group. Well, I don't, I can't. I, okay. I wasn't because I know, but I wasn't cause I felt weird cause it's men. And I was like, I don't want to be like the wife that's in the group. Like, Hey guys, look at me. Like, I don't want to be, well, I, I'm not going to make that comment. That's polarizing. Um, <laughs> this is your wrap up. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. Um, you can cut all of that out. No, I'm not cutting anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I do want to hear ahas, especially if you, I think if you've talked to your wife about any of this, because a lot of this is my perspective, like when yep. Ian and I are talking and what's our experience, what too? I've experienced. And so it would be nice to hear if, you know, any, anything hits differently um, or if, yeah, anything to add. Cool. Mayor will be more present in the group. And Guys, just so you know, there's a part in the 12-step guide where I say, like, face the awkward and uncomfortable. This isn't comfortable every day for us to get on and talk about this shit. You have to take action and be consistent to develop those habits and skills that you really want that'll get you the results that you need or that you desire. So just understand that it's practiced, which is why we make it look semi-professional here. Other than that, this is awkward and uncomfortable. It really is for Mayor. Yeah. I'm practiced enough. I, I still think feel you guys uncomfortable. Can tell. I feel real awkward. <laughs> All right. We're wrapping. Guys, thanks for joining us. We love you. We support you. We care about you. If you need us, we're here for you. Book that strategy call, download our stuff, anything free that we can give you. You want to join our mastermind? You want to join one of our programs? We got you. Okay. Catch you on the next one.